everyone and welcome to eTalmud 2.0. We are going to start on the very bottom of 13b, four lines from the bottom, um, and we're going to go into the 14a. Um, so Yudgimo Amad Beis is where we're going to begin, four lines from the bottom. Let's, uh, let's start. So we're talking about the, um, the stream of fire, where you have all these angels coming from. And now we're going to wonder more about this concept of the stream of fire. Mehechan Nafik. From where does it come from? From where does the stream of fire come from? It comes from the sweat of the Chayos type angels. So and from where does where does it into where does it empty? Where does the stream of fire go into? Upon the heads of the wicked people in Gehenim in hell, Shinemar as it says, Hine Sa'ara Yatza v'sa'ar mischolel. Behold, the storm of Hashem, a fury shall go forth, a tempest shall seek rest. So you have this fury going forth, this stream of fire going forth, and where does it rest on? Arosh rishayim yachul, it will rest upon the head of the wicked. Um, and uh, that's the uh, that's where the stream of fire goes. Rav Acha B'Yakov Yaakov says, um, the stream of fire goes out onto those that were ordained. So what is this a reference to? Shinemar. The verse says, the verse says in um, Job, in Eov, Asher kumtu veloes, those who were ordained before their time, Nahar yutzak um, whose foundation was swept away by a river. In other words, the river swept them away. So there was a certain people that were ordained that were swept away by the stream of fire. And now we're going to explain who these people that were ordained, quote-unquote, were. Tanya, we learned in Abraisa. Amar Rabbi Shimon HaChassid. Rabbi Shimon the Chassid, the pious one, said, Eilu meos v'shivim v'arba doros shekomto lehibaros. These were the 974 generations of people that were ordained originally to be created. Now we're going to go to Yudalad Amar Aleph 14a. Kodem shenivru ha'olam v'lo nivru. There were 974 generations of people that were supposed to, that were ordained to be created um, before our world was created, but they ended up not being created. Ahmad HaKadosh Baruch So God got up and Shesalan B'chaldar Vatar and planted the people of these ordained generations, planted them in each generation since the beginning of the world, the Hain Hain, Azay Fanim Shabadur, and these are the most brazen ones in each generation. What does it mean? The ones that were ordained, not like the previous explanation, the people that were ordained to be created before the world was created and instead were planted throughout the generations and are the brazen ones. Rather, when it says that they were ordained, it actually is teaching us that it's, it's for a blessing, not for to tell us bad about something. Who are these a reference to? These are the scholars, the Torah scholars, that cut themselves down for the sake of the Torah in this world. In other words, they, they abstain from physicality in this world for the sake of the Torah. So, God reveals to them secrets in the world to come. And the same verse that originally had been used to teach us how the stream of fire goes out onto the ordained people, we're now going to teach us, is now going to teach us that secrets are taught to the scholars in the world to come. Shanemar, as the verse says, Nahar Yutzak Yisodam, 
their secrets will be like a pouring river. So that's the idea here. Okay. So now we're going to talk more about this idea of angels um, and the stream of fire. Come here. I want to tell you something. From one of the many wonderful things that your father had said. Every single day, um, the uh, ministering angels are created from the stream of fire. And then they say song to God. And then they become, and then they, they no longer exist. They cease to exist. As the verse says, They are new every morning. Great is your praise. So in other words, you receive this praise from new people every morning and after the, from new beings every morning. And then once they say their praise, they cease to exist. So, Now this obviously argues with the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel Bar-Nachmeni because the previous opinion, the opinion of Rav, tells us that angels are created from the stream of fire. And now you have Shmuel Bar-Nachmeni saying, the Amr Shmuel Bar-Nachmeni, Amr Bionasan, because Rabbi Shmuel Bar-Nachmeni said in the name of Rabbi Yonasan, Every word that comes out of God's mouth, one angel is born from it, or one angel is created from it. As the verse says, By the word of Hashem, the heavens were made, and by the breath of God's mouth, all of their hosts. In other words, it's by the breath of God's mouth, by the words of God, that hosts, that the angels are created. Now we're going to talk about another seeming contradiction. One verse says, and this verse is in the book of Daniel. It says, It says that God's garments are like white as snow. And the hair of God's head is like white, clean wool. But then we have another verse, and this one is in Shir Hashirim, in the Song of Songs. It says, It says that God's hair or curls are as wavy, are wavy, they're black as the raven. So what color hair does God actually have? White hair or black hair? Lo kasha, so it's not a question. Kan yeshiva. When we talk about the white hair in the verse in Daniel, that is that is painting the picture of God as one as someone in the rabbinical academy. And kan bimochama. And the verse that gives that describes God's hair as black, that's the one that's putting God in the context of the military. Da'amar Mark, as the master said, You have nothing better in a rabbinical academy than the elder. You have nothing better in the wars and the battles than a younger person. So, of course, God is going to be the best at everything. So, when God is in the context of the rabbinical academy, God has white hair. And when God is in the context of battle, God has black hair. Okay, another seeming contradiction. One verse says, this is again from Daniel, that his throne was of fiery flames. The and one verse says, this is actually the beginning of the verse we just mentioned. It says, As thrones they were set up, and the one of ancient days, in other words, God sat. So the first, the first verse that we quoted, or the first part of a verse that we quoted, seemed to say that there was one throne. And then the second part of the verse, the second verse that, part verse that we quoted, seems to say that there are several thrones, or more than one throne. So we say as follows: Like Kasha, not a question. Echad lo, echad le David. 
When it talks about two thrones, there it's describing the one throne for God and one throne for King David. Kiditanya, as it says in Abraisa, one throne is for Hashem and one throne is for David. David Rabbi Akiva. These are the words of Rabbi Akiva. Amar lo Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Yosei said to Rabbi Akiva, Akiva, how long are you going to make the divine presence profane, saying that he that the divine presence sits right next to King David? Rather, how do I reconcile the two verses? So the verse that talks about two thrones, that is a reference to one throne that is set aside for God to administer justice, and one is for God to administer charity. So the question is, did Rabbi Akiva accept Rabbi Yosei opinion as to what the two thrones were for? Tashma, come in here. One throne is for judgment. One throne is for charity. Those are the words of Rabbi Akiva. So we see Rabbi Akiva obviously did accept the opinion of Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Rabbi Akiva said to Rabbi Akiva, Akiva Malacha Eitzel Hagada. Akiva, what connection do you have with Agadata? What connection do you have with the narrative part of the oral tradition? Keep your comments until you reach the topics of Negayim, which is an Oholos, which are two areas of Jewish law. So these are legal parts of the oral tradition. Negayim is the discussion of ritual leprosy, and Oholos is the discussions of. Um, contracting um, ritual impurity. So, and rather, Sir Belazman Azari is telling Rabbi Kiva, don't get into the narrative stuff. That's not your expertise. And when it talks about the two thrones, one throne is for God's chair, and one throne is for God's footstool. The throne, the one that's for the chair, is for God to sit upon. And the footstool is for God to rest God's feet upon. Shinamar, as the verse says, The heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. So we see God has both a throne and a footstool. Okay. Um, okay, so earlier on we spoke about a verse from Yeshaya, from Isaiah. And now we're going to talk about that verse a little bit more. When Rav Dimi came to Babylonia from Israel, he said as follows, There were 18 different negative prophecies that Isaiah had about the Jewish people. But Isaiah was not satisfied until he told them the following verse, that they will domineer the youngster over the elder, and the base over the respectable. So now we're going to talk about what the 18 negative prophecies were. Shmon asked, I close my ninu. What were the 18 negative prophecies or curses? The verse says, So the verse says, this again, this is an Isaiah. For behold, the Lord Hashem, Master of Legions, is removing from Jerusalem and from Judah. So that's support and mainstay. Every support of bread and every support of water. Gibor v'ish melchama, the hero and the man of war. Shofed v'navi v'kosim v'zakein, the judge, the prophet, the magician type person, the one that can do wonders, and and, and the elder. Sarchamishim and the captains of fifty and the respected people. V'yoetz 
and the advisor, Vachacham and the wise, Harashim, I'm sorry, Vyoitz, Vachacham Harashim, the wise amongst the wise, Zunavon Lachash, and the understander of whispers. Venasati Na'arim Sarehem, I shall make youngsters their leaders, Vesalimim Shulavam, and mockers will rule them. Okay. So we just gave all of these people, all of these categories of people that are going to be taken out of Jerusalem. And each one of these categories is a separate negative prophecy about their eviction from Jerusalem. And now we're going to talk about what is each one of these 18 categories. Mashain, first you have the concept of the support, Elubali Mikra, these are the masters of the five books of Moses. Mashaina, the mainstay, Elu Bali Mishnah, these are the masters or the experts of the Mishnah. Kigon Rabbi Huda ben Tema v'chaveirov, like Rabbi Huda ben Tema and his colleagues. Okay, so now just parenthetically, Pligu Rav Papa Rabbanon, Rav Papa and the Rabbanon, they argued. Chad Amar one said, Sheish Me'os Sidre Mishnah, that in the days of Rabbi Huda ben Tema, the expert in the Mishnah, there were 600 orders of the Mishnah. So nowadays we have six orders of the Mishnah. What this saying is, is that there were 600 orders of the Mishnah that would just elaborate on the six that we had today. So although there were no extra laws, there was a lot more clarity as long as you could remember the 600 orders. And what we're saying is, is that in the days of Rabbi Huda ben Tema, who was an expert in the Mishnah, there were 600 orders. And one says, The other one said, no, there were 700 orders. Okay, now we're going to go back to the 18 negative prophecies. Kol Mishan Lechem, every support of bread, Elu Balei Talmud. These are referred to the experts of the Talmud who will be evicted from Jerusalem. Shenemer Luchu Lachamu Velachamiyu Shesu Bayayin Masachti. As the verse says, in reference to the Talmud, in Mishle and Proverbs, come and partake of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Okay, V'chol Mishan Maim, then you have a support of, of water. This refers to the experts of Agadita, the more narrative part of the oral tradition, who draw a person's heart through their Agadic teachings. Gibor, then you have the hero, Zabal Shimos, this is somebody that's a master of halachic traditions. The man of war, this refers to somebody who knows how to go back and forth in the battle of Torah. Shofet Zedayon Shedon Din Amaslamito. The judge refers to a judge who renders a judgment that is 100% true. Navi, the prophet, Kimashmo, it means exactly what it says. Kosein, the wonder maker, Ze Melech, this is the king. Shinemar, as the verse says, Kesem al Sifse Melech, as it says, there's a divination on the lips of a king, so we see that the king does wonders. Um, so when it talks about the wonder maker, it's the king. Zakein Zesheroy, by the way, that is based on that verse in um, in uh, Proverbs. Um, now we're going to keep going, sorry. Um, Zakein, then we have the elder, Zesheroy Yeshiva. This is someone who's suitable for a position in a rabbinical academy. Sarchamishim, the captain of 50. Al-Tikri Sarchamishim al-Sarchumashin. Don't read it as... Sar Hamishin, the captain of 50, but rather the prince of the Chumash, the five books of Moses. Zeshiodea Lisa Velitein, Bachamisha Chumshetel. This is somebody that can go back and forth in the arguments about the five books of Moses. Dover Acher, another explanation. Sar Hamishin, when it says the captain of 50, what's the reference to? Kid Rabbevo, like Rabbevo said. Dama Rabbevo, Rabbevo said. Mikanj Emamidim, Miturgaman, Alatzibar, Pachos, Mechamishim Shanam. From here we learn that you do not appoint a spokesperson for 
a rabbi of a community if the rabbi is less than 50 years old. Um, so in other words, what used to happen is, is the rabbi would expound, would give a speech, for instance, and it's very possible he wouldn't be loud enough. So you had someone else that was basically would, would be the microphone for the person. Obviously, they didn't have microphones, so instead he would just ma- um, share what he was saying in a much louder manner. And we learned from here that in order to be somebody that has a microphone person, to ha- have your spokesperson, you need to be at least 50 years old. And then it keeps saying, I shall make youngsters their leaders. What is meant when Isaiah prophesizes that youngsters will become the leaders of the Jewish people? Amar Belazar, Belazar says, it doesn't mean young people, na'ar, the word na'ar can also mean empty, and it's a reference to people that are empty of any sort of mitzvos. Those will become the leaders of the Jewish people. And then it says mockers will rule them. Rachel Yaakov explains what these mockers are. The foxes, the son of foxes. They're the people that are very clever and present themselves and are able to present themselves as righteous individuals but are surely not. They will become the leaders of the Jewish people. And then we finished off our saying, saying that Isaiah prophesied all of these 18 very negative prophecies. But Isaiah was not satisfied until he told them, They will domineer, the youngster over the elder. Again, this doesn't mean the young people, but rather the people that are empty of any sort of mitzvahs. They will domineer over the... Over the... the um, over the elders, and what are the elders referenced to? They will domineer over the one who is as full of mitzvahs as a pomegranate is full of seeds. And it also says the base will rule over the respectable. What is these two a reference to? The person to whom grave sins are just like light sins, meaning aren't meaningful to them. They will rule over those who, they will domineer over, that are very stringent when it comes to Jewish law, and look at the light sins as if they are stringent sins. And that's so it's going to be this backward sort of leadership. Okay. So we just mentioned all these different types of people that are going to be removed from Jerusalem. And now we're going to talk about, there is one category of, of, of upright people that were not removed. And who is that? Even at the time of Jerusalem's downfall, people of truth did not disappear from the community. Shinemar, as the verse says, as the verse says in, again, Yeshaya and Isaiah, when a man will grab hold of his brother, the house of his father, and say to him, you have a garment, be a chief for us. Now, what does this mean? This was the this is a reference to the Jewish people trying to find a new leadership. So what are they saying? You have a garment, be a chief for us. So this means the So a garment is something that people cover themselves with. So what these people would be saying is you have a garment, so you should become our chief. What does that mean? You have a garment? Well, the Torah is considered a, gar- a garment. It's a garment. It's something that people cover themselves with. And what, what the people of the time were saying is you seem to possess Torah, so you should become our chief. 
Okay. Um, so that's what would happen. And then what the verse continues to say is as follows. And let this stumbling block be in your possession. What does it mean? That this stumbling block should be in your possession. What is the stumbling block? Matters that people do not fully grasp unless they first stumble over them. That's again, that's that's a reference to the Torah. You really only can become somebody that is extremely learned in the Torah if you first stumble over them, um, the, their words. So, yesh non tachas biadecha, again, saying the same thing. You have the Torah. You seem to possess the Torah. You have it in your hand. Therefore, you should become our leader. Um, and then the next verse says as follows. Yisav ayom ha'ulimor. He shall, the one that's asked to become our leader, he shall raise up an oath that day saying, Lo ehayech I'm not going to be your ruler. Uvevesi ein ein simla. And in my house there is no bread and there is no garment. I don't have any sort of Torah. Lo sesimuni kitsin am. Do not put me as a chief of the people. So now um, we're just going to go over that verse. Yisa, he will raise up. So we say the person that's asked to be a chief, he'll say no, and he'll say he shall raise up. Ein yisa el We know that the word raise up means taking an oath. Shinemar, as the verse says, lo sisa shem Hashem lashav. You shall not take the name of Hashem your God in vain. And there it's a reference to to, to doing it with an oath, an oath using the name of God. Um, and now he's saying, Lo chovesh, I will not become your leader. And why? What's what's the hidden meaning behind that? I'm not going to become your leader because I was not accustomed to be among those that were sequestered in the base Majish, learning Torah, in the house of study, learning Torah. And in my house, the verse went on to say, and in my house there is no bread and no garment. I don't have in my hand neither knowledge of the Chumash, of the five books of Moses, nor of the Mishnah, nor of the Gemara. And therefore, I am not going to be your chief. But what we do see, though, is that the person that's being asked to become the chief could have said, yeah, of course I'll become your chief, even though he did not possess Torah. So we see that really there still were very truthful people left in Jerusalem. And when asked to become chief because you have Torah, they were able to have the confidence to say, no, we don't have Torah, and therefore we will not become your teacher, your, your chief. So now we're asking, wait a minute, is this really a good proof that there were still truthful people in Jerusalem? Maybe this case was different. Because if he did say, oh yes, I do have some Torah knowledge, they would have told him, tell us some Torah. And then he would have been found out anyways. So he may not be a truthful person, a person of truth. He may just not, he may just have known that there's no way he could carry this act. So he answers, no. He could have said, I know the Torah. And then when asked to teach something, he could have then said, I had learned the Torah and I forgot it. My lo But when he says those words, I was not a chovesh, he specifically says, lo He says, I'm not accustomed to sequester myself at all in the house of study. I never studied the Torah. So therefore we see that he was actually being very honest. Ini. But now we're asking, is this really true? True. Um, actually, let's stop here. This is a good place to stop. And now, so what we basically just finished with is this idea that even when Jerusalem was being destroyed, even when the first temple was being destroyed and all of these great people were evicted from Jerusalem, they had to leave Jerusalem in the first exile, still, still there were people of truth that were still left over in Jerusalem at that point still. And that's what we're going to talk about next time.